the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The biggest pop culture movement since the Beatles, $22.5 billion at the box office, and we found the one guy who doesn't have a clue what we're talking about. With two fellow MCU nerds to help guide his hand along the way, one thing is for certain, we're with him until the end of the line. Welcome to Colin Brain versus the MCU. On your left. Hello and welcome to your new favourite MCU podcast designed for your ear holes. And we have reached the penultimate film of Phase 2. Yes, this week we are assembling the Avengers again. This time to take down the artificial intelligence Ultron. But, of course, before we start globe trotting, please allow me to introduce my beautiful fellow hosts i must be in a good mood today i saw colin raise his eyebrows then if each of my fellow hosts were brought into this world with the help of an infinity stone then planted straight into the middle of his forehead would be the dickhead stone well that good mood lasted long uh it's just seeing his face again i swear it's robert trot rob say hello well i don't know if i want to (laughs) (laughs) fuck you (laughs) i thought it was gonna be saying that we're globetrotting and here is Rob Trotting. Oh, well. That would have been a much kinder way to introduce you, It would have been kinder just say that I'm fully made of a dickhead in car. Yeah. (laughs) The dickhead stone, that's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) There we go, we'll take that. And of course, the, the man of the hour, the man prone to physical and mental breakdowns when talking about Iron Man 3, he is the beard of beards. The Lord Virgin of the Virgins of the MCU. It's Mr. Colin Brain. Colin, say hello. Hello. <laughs> That's all you get in. You're just getting a just a plain hello from me. <laughs> Hi. Yes. Hi, guys. Hi. It's been a long Hi. time. How are we all doing? It has been a long time. Uh, yeah, so I can't quite believe I'm about to say this, but to our audience, it's been a mere, what, two weeks since two our weeks. last episode? Uh, in their minds... Nothing has changed. Uh, but boys, do you know how long it's been since we last recorded an episode together? Is it last August? Well, I have it down. I, I looked at when we last uploaded audio to the Dropbox where we uh, throw all our audio in. Mm. Apparently, it's been 10 months. Ooh. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. I was going to say, yeah, that's crazy, man. How fast Ten has months, that time yes. gone? since we last recorded an episode for Colin Brain versus the MCU. Wow. Uh, does anyone maybe care to explain to our audiences as to maybe, and our very confused audience, I'm sure, as to how that has happened? <laughs> um, go, go on, mate. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was, uh, all, was I can think, all I can think of was uh, we got to a point where we were recording weekly. We got up to whatever the film was before this, which I've already forgotten. <laughs> Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It was 10 months ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me a break. And then we kind of went, hold on, we should probably try and get this sort of ready to release because what happens if we just keep going and going and going and then we end up releasing the first few and then no one likes it and it's just a bag of shit. So we were like, all right, well then, so then it took some time figuring out the artwork. Life just got in the way, I guess. Yeah. You guys have got another I think, pod. I you've think got lockdown kids. ended. Yeah, and you know, yeah, trying to pick up the pieces from what the hell we we had all been through for those, you know, that amount of time, and and then yeah, we we eventually got around to releasing it. Well, when when did we even start? Was it? <laughs> God knows now. I don't know. We're two Couldn't weeks we ahead of. Yeah, George just confused me with the timelines. We've we're, we're, 
<laughs> we're we're just about to release. Uh, well, where, from where we're recording now, we're about to, uh, in a couple of days. Well, tomorrow is our Captain America episode, so we're still quite far ahead. Yeah, but we've oh, got plenty of time. Is yeah. this Back to the Future two time travel rules? Yeah, or is it's, it, it's a head spin? Is it isn't not? It? I think we're in a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> yes. I think that's very, very accurate. So hopefully, with it being at half past eight in the evening and ten months since we last recorded, there's not going to be too much rust on the old grinds for this episode. But uh, regardless, it's good to be back, boys. Now, <laughs> well, hang on. No, wait, wait, wait. Rust Sorry, on the grinds? Rust on the grinds. I, like I said that, that wrong? I don't, I don't know what that is. It sounds I like a yeah. sexual euphemism. Oh, well, maybe it was. Who knows? <laughs> I was um, taken I by know. surprise. There was rust on the grinds. I don't know why I said that. Right, so hang on. Let's, let's, let's get into this. And it's already falling now, apart. It's falling a bit. There's, there's loads of rust on these grinds. Oh, my grinds are rusty. <laughs> now, honesty is something we pride ourselves here at Colin Brain versus the MCU. I'm sure you two will agree. And recently, the three of us uh, got together and went for dinner in London. You both met each other for the first time. Yeah. It was lovely. It, it was, was really good. Lovely. It was emotional. And you two, and two gorgeous people such as yourselves, shouldn't be in the same place at the same time. It's not fair on other men such as myself. But, um, <laughs> what are you after? Colin, <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, I mean, first you're a dickhead, now you're a model. Like, what's yeah, going on, mate? Just, an organ or something. <laughs> Just gaslighting the both of you. He's just got rusty grinds, hasn't he? (laughs) Uh, Now, we all went for dinner, and uh, Colin, when we were uh, just tucking into our mains, uh, Mm. you dropped quite the bombshell on us. Oh, shit, yeah. And I feel that it's only fair Mm. that we be open about this to our audience. And we've had a good run so far, but I think something like this was bound to happen eventually. Colin, could you please tell our audience maybe something you have discovered? Yeah, um, I don't know if it's just because now we're doing this pod or my involvement now with this sort of Marvel world. Mm. I've noticed that in the past, little things that I would have been told about Marvel or whatever just literally have gone in in one ear and out the other. Like you, yeah. So that's why when we started this, to me, like even if I had seen one of the older films, it had gone. You know, like it was. Yeah. <clears throat> it literally was like I was watching them all for the first time again, and uh, I've had a big spoiler. That's basically to, to put it to put to get it out there. I had a, I've had a big spoiler, and if by any chance anyone is watching these along with me in the pod world, just skip ahead the next thirty seconds because you're not going to want to get this spoiler. I'd say so. Yeah, or maybe a minute because I bang on a bit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was. It was in what it was in a pretty random spot as well, a place that you wouldn't normally expect to have something from the MCU spoiled. It was a. <laughs> uh, Stand-up comedy special. <laughs> One of my uh, favourite uh, comics, a guy called Mark Maron. And, um, yeah, he has a, he sort of has this through joke. It's a really good special, actually. It's called End Times Fun. It's on Netflix, if anyone wants to check it out. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, he has this kind of through joke that plays throughout the whole hour. And the premise is, is he's, he's sort of comparing the Marvel universe to like Christianity and how it's a religion to these sort of like men children, he calls them, which is the, as in the two guys you podcast. Yeah. With. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is what I say to people when I talk about the podcast, it's like, <laughs> yes, me with a couple of, a couple of men children. Um, Brilliant. but anyway, uh, yeah, essentially I know that Iron Man dies. That's the, that's the biggie. Mm. 
Well, does um, he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I would try to rope this back. Yeah, I think you're reaching a bit there. <clears throat> but yeah, so I don't know how, I don't know when, mm-hmm. which I guess is okay. Uh, or, you know, it's, it's that's probably a good thing. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I had that spoiled. Yeah, like we said, it was bound to happen eventually. I I don't think it's going to ruin your journey at all. No, um, I don't We've think still so. got lots of good stuff to come. And as Rob said, does he? But um, we'll get there eventually, I'm <laughs> sure. Well, and also, the MCU isn't done, is it? So The MCU does, is still ongoing, so, yes. So, like, does he, question mark, could might be even a, be a question, relevant it, question to myself exactly, and Exactly, because you don't know, man. You don't know how they, they might do a Friday the 13th. Someone might end up going up to his gravestone and sticking a fucking metal rod in it, and then there's a thunderstorm, and, you know, we get, like... Iron Man with a hockey <laughs> mask going around killing him. <laughs> so which of the... I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street. This dog just walks up to the grave of Freddy and pisses fire on it, and that's what brings him back. Brilliant. It wouldn't surprise me, man, because like, those Nightmare on Elm Streets, they got more and more ridiculous as they went on. <laughs> there you and go, yeah. Kevin Feige. Time to change your plans, because we've guessed it. We're on to you. Dog or, pisses yeah. on Stark's grave. Or maybe, or maybe uh, Tony Stark <laughs> comes back in people's dreams. Like oh. like Fre- uh, Freddy Krueger. That could be cool. Okay. That'd be good. Well, it would. Like, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd be up for a slasher Marvel film. I love yes. that. Would, that could be done. That could be cool, right? A horror if, film inside the MCU would be very good. We shall see what's, what's to come. Uh, Rob, um, can you believe it's been almost a year since we last recorded? How has the last year been for you? Interesting. I can't remember most of it. <laughs> Well, we've launched the show, mm. which is nice. And people seem to like it. Yeah, and it's been really... We've been having a lot of fun on the social media. Sadded about a million years old then. <laughs> having fun on the medias. social medias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah. Mm. I spoke to I spoke to my mum over the weekend, and it's the first time I've spoken to her in a bit, and I think she kind of... Cause she doesn't really do, you know, anything technical mm-hmm. much. And she's like... Oh, what's this thing you're doing? Is it what's this blog thing that you're doing now? <laughs> blog. And I was like, uh, and I was like, you what? What are you talking about, blog? And Stacey was like, I think she's talking about the podcast. I was like, oh yeah, the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, it was funny. Um, Brilliant. Um, now, speaking of Stacey, you mm. weren't expecting me to say that. No. Um, I, I too also have a confession to make. And I feel like this is the best place to bring this up. Jesus Christ, all right, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, I think let's just get it all out in the open on the podcast. Colin, your wonderful girlfriend, Stacey, Mm. the other night slid into my DMs. Was it one of my dick pics? Was she sending it on? No, it definitely, definitely <laughs> oh, so was I've never done a dick pic either. So, yeah. <laughs> Just to throw that out there. You're more of a gift man. Yeah, exactly. It's a gift, gift dick. A, a dick gift? Dick gift. It'd be dick gift, wouldn't it? Dick gift, yeah. Dick gift, brilliant. Uh, so, like I said, honesty is something we pride ourselves on. So, I, I'm just letting you know now, uh, live on a podcast in front of the whole world. Um, but... Is it uh, live? Live. Well, it was live to you two. Uh, what she was asking me made me feel like the biggest dickhead in the world. Oh, yeah? She, bless her, asked for my permission oh, if she right. could take you to, to go cinema, see a right? film at the cinema. 
Um, now, what film she wanted to take you to, I won't mention, um, because I'm, I'm quite sure we'll watch it one day. However, it's not part of the MCU. It's a Sony film uh, oh. that due to some very complicated contractual issues, uh, they are at the moment, they've made a film about a Marvel character that they currently own the rights to. This film or character is not going to impact the MCU, but it's definitely, like I said, a film that we want to cover on the podcast later for reasons that we'll get into one day. So my response to Stacy was <laughs> along the lines of this. Don't you ever, ever <laughs> ask my permission if you can go <laughs> see Phil with Colin. Don't let a silly podcast get in the way of you two spending time together. <laughs> but <laughs> I would but. prefer if you saw another film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I t- I, um, she, she did bring it up, actually. Um, she was like, oh... She was like, there's this film coming out in a couple of weeks and I really want to go to the cinema and see it, but I don't know if you can see it. And I'm like, well, is it anything to do with Marvel? She was like, I think so. And I'm like, well, I can't go see it then, can I? And then she was like, I might message George about it. And I'm like, you can, but he's going to just say no because we're doing a freaking podcast. I felt so bad because as soon as I said, uh, you know, that whole rant about don't you ever ask my permission again. But but I prefer if you saw another (laughs) film. She She immediately replied, all good for just thought I'd ask. And (laughs) with those six words, my week was ruined. (laughs) I felt like the biggest dickhead of all time. Uh, To be honest, I'm still not over it. You went to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2 instead. (laughs) No, she's cool with it, man. Um, Maybe one of these days when we're caught up with everything, we can start going and seeing them. There you go. I hope so, because my God, those six words destroyed me. (laughs) I'm going to tell her. Yes, also, please do. also, don't love her too much because mm-hmm. she's not listening to the podcast. <gasps> well, neither has my lovely fiance Anna, Stacy's younger sister, Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee, if if you're listening, because apparently you are. <laughs> she's she's listening, mate. Every week, she's messaging Stace about the pod. She's loving it. So brilliant. And Stacy's like, oh yeah, and she was like, I'm going to listen to it. And oh, I'm is. glad you like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. um I'm glad that she can't take me to the cinema, and I'm glad that you ruined her week, because she won't listen to this anyway. Brilliant. Rob, does your wife listen? I, I'm going to break the illusion that we're, we're not actually recording in a high-tech studio right now. Well, Colin is. <laughs> <laughs> me and George are, because, um, um, do you listen to the podcast? Oh. <laughs> she said, that's... why are you breaking the fourth wall? <laughs> Which is also, no, I don't. Please, please stop she talking said, to me while you're recording. She said, no. <laughs> Did she really? <laughs> not even, not even pilot season as well. Occasionally. Mm. Well, my mum listens to Colin Brain versus the MCU. Oh, so now, I love Mandy. Yeah, there you go. So now oh, she knows all know about your dick gifts. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if she wants her name out. We might have to cut. Maybe slide into her DMs, Colin. Oh well. well. No, no, just don't mention everyone. Don't mention dick gifts. <laughs> right. So um, <laughs> let's let's from that let's move swiftly on. So here we go again. Uh, if you boys could be so kind to give me the floor as I provide a background to our film. I don't think I've even introduced our film this week. You haven't. Avengers Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to provide a background to the film. And uh, as always, Colin, any questions, please ask away. And I'm sure between myself and Rob, we might be able to answer. I cannot wait to hear something. There's a couple oh. of things. A couple Ooh. of things. And no, it's nothing to do with the films. <laughs> oh. Then I'm very intrigued. Okay, cool. You should know, mate. Rob knows. I see his. I see the glint in his eyes. I have no idea. 
I'm looking forward to two things to happen on this podcast today. Say it. When it happens, I'll tell you. Oh, I'm excited. For it. Okay, I'm very excited. It's been, it's been it's been ten months, mate. I'm I'm excited. I need okay. a couple of things, and I'm waiting okay. for them. Oh, well, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to disappoint. But <laughs> <a> list, <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't got it. To be honest, I have no idea what you're. Right, uh, well, uh, okay, no. Okay, I think I. Okay, I think I'm on your lines now. We'll see. Yep. So far, so good. Skip the compliments. Let's get on with it. Well, it doesn't take a genius to realise that as soon as uh, Avengers became one of the highest grossing films of all time, that all eyes were on a second Avengers movie. Uh, Joss Whedon, the director of the first Avengers movie, was actually the first person that Marvel approached when thinking about the sequel. They usually come, like I said to in all of our previous episodes, they come to every film with like a massive list of director choices, but... The first Avengers was so universally loved by both Marvel and by the audience uh, that even Whedon himself, I've got a quote from him, uh, a quote from him now saying, uh, Avengers 2 wasn't a tough decision. As soon as I began to consider it, it became so clear that I desperately wanted to say more about these characters. It's actually, it's, it's an easy film to say no to, but it's a spectacularly easy film to say yes to. So either scenario was delightful for me. Oh, so after wait, negotiations, wait, sorry, go on. Yes, that was quick. That's one of them. <laughs> That's one of the things I was excited. I know for. what the second one is. Yeah, you know, made up audio commentary fact. Made, made up. up. Yeah, because I didn't note down any actual facts because Mr. Whedon is not a nice man, and I'm not interested in his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, yes. um, did you did made you not up watch fact. this with the uh, the audio commentary then? Because it's him. Yeah, I just couldn't be bothered. No, oh, fair enough. Yeah, Come on. he is a bin. He's a human bin full of used nappies. Yes. Yeah, he's a rotter. I can't remember what happened with him, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> My made up fact is that um, I've heard that he really likes golden showers <laughs> because his name. It's just we done. Brilliant. So made up commentary facts is a new segment that hopefully yeah. is here to stay. And only I don't think it is. <laughs> I just don't. I'm involved with Joss Whedon. I mean, with, with that bomb, I don't think that's coming back. Is it? I, I saw Colin's eyes, but the trumpets, I knew they weren't going to show up. They had to show up somewhere. Oh, just, okay. I, I appreciate that, mate. I appreciate that one. Oh, Christ almighty. So, I'm sorry. I, need, I needed the trumpets. Yes. Don't we all? Uh, So after negotiations with Marvel, he signed a deal to provide content for Marvel in both films and television. Because he kind of, he primarily made his name in television with shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I think it's Firefly. It's a show I've actually never seen, always wanted to. Um, So at the same time as creating Age of Ultron, he also developed a Marvel TV show, which he co-wrote and actually directed the pilot for. Uh, We, I'm sure, will dip our toes into that show one day. Um, We won't discuss about it much now. Um, And I'm sure when we um, come to that pilot episode, I'm sure Rob, because Joss Whedon directed it, will have another fake audio commentary effect. If you want to hear some more of our insights (laughs) on that you can pop over to pilot season where we have recently covered that pilot episode yes say recently this is played with the timeline now yes of course yeah back to the future 2 all over again it's probably two years ago (laughs) exactly (laughs) about 10 months ago yeah (laughs) 
Uh, so whilst all this was happening, uh, there was one more important negotiation taking place. Uh, as I mentioned during our Iron Man 3 episode, Robert Downey Jr.'s contract was completed. Uh, he was no longer contractually obligated to be in any more MCU films. And so a new deal was struck. Uh, he was no longer going to be tied down to like these massive multi-film contracts. He would get paid a certain amount for every film that he would uh, be in going forward but also receive a percentage cut of the film's box office. So by the time filming had been completed for Age of Ultron, uh, the film had been released and it was time to you know start counting those box office dollars. For this film alone, this one film, Robert Downey Jr. made $80 million. Eight, zero. Uh, God bless his agent. <laughs> so what a now, comeback. Yes, it, it very, very much so. Uh, he definitely made the right idea to not strike one of those massive deals. Um, so, villain-wise, so everyone just assumed the villain in this film was going to be Thanos. Uh, we've had a couple of mentions of, like, Infinity Stones. He's made an appearance in Guardians. I think we all just assumed it was time for Thanos to come on board and essentially lay the smack down on everyone. Uh, but at the world-famous San Diego Comic-Con in 2013, it was announced that the title of this film would be Age of Ultron. And ultimately, our villain would be Ultron. Now, Ultron's been around in the comic books for a while. Uh, he was created in the comics by a scientist called Hank Pym, who also happens to be another superhero called Ant-Man. Yes, there is a superhero called Ant-Man. Um, now, Joss Whedon decided it may be a bad idea to introduce Hank Pym into this film and into the MCU and join the Avengers because it's quite a small little team. And to have three scientists, it might be just a little boring or just plain unoriginal. Uh, so he thought it would work a lot better thematically and dramatically to have Tony Stark, albeit kind of accidentally, create Ultron himself and essentially have almost like a father-son dynamic between Stark and Ultron. And again, there was no massive list, really, as to who should provide the voice for Ultron. James Spader was right at the list, right at the top of the list of uh, Joss Whedon's list. And this is by far and away very different from anything James Spader has ever done in the past. And not only by providing like a voice for this uh, a film like this or for a villain but to actually be on set and provide motion capture that made him very excited and actually made him sign up straight away as well Whedon also decided to introduce two new characters to the MCU uh, both of them being the Maximoff twins so we've got Wanda and Pietro both known in the comic books as Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch but they're never called Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch in this film. I think it kind of works in this film just by calling them their first names. After being asked why he brought them into the fold, Whedon had this to say. He said their powers are very visually interesting. One of the problems I had with the first Avengers was basically everyone had punchy powers. Quicksilver's got super speed. Scarlet Witch can weave spells and she has got a little telekinesis and she can get inside your head. It's good stuff that they can do that will help keep this movie kind of fresh. Now, some of those contractual issues I mentioned at the beginning of this episode uh, regarding like Sony and Marvel into, about that film that Stacey wanted to take you to see. Hmm. Well, uh, the rights to the Maximoff twins um, was actually kind of shared between 20th Century Fox and Marvel. 
meaning both studios actually had rights to both of the characters at the same time. It's a little weird. So, how, as also mentioned during our discussion of the Iron Man 3 post-credit scene, uh, the one big rule in this complicated contract was that Marvel were not allowed to use the word mutants. Rob came up with a very different word. Um, So what actually happened is that, yes, we've got Pietro Maximoff or Quicksilver in this film. But soon after, in an X-Men film created by Fox, they also introduced Quicksilver, played obviously by a different actor. And it being in no way connected to the MCU Quicksilver, it all got a little complicated. So the shooting for this film itself uh it was slightly more complicated than the first avengers movie there was for the first time a little bit of conflict between marvel and joss whedon uh firstly whedon himself kept adding new elements into the script last minute that maybe wasn't thought through properly and one being thor's weird sort of dream sequence that he had last minute they managed to write in that uh, tom hiddleston returning as loki was it was going to be in this scene and he actually <laughs> did return to the set and they they actually filmed it during a test screening of the film with a full audience all the scene did was just confuse the audience into thinking that loki was the real villain of the film and somehow he was pulling all the strings and only for him not to appear again and it just confused the audience even more uh one sequence that he added that personally for me works really well was the sequence that he refers to as the farm So everything from the Avengers arriving to Hawkeye's farm, the surprise introduction of his family, you know, the the conversation between Stark and Rogers outside to um, Natasha Romanoff and uh, Bruce Banner explaining to each other why they can't have children. Uh, When it got to the cutting room, Marvel actually asked Joss Whedon to remove this whole sequence for the film uh, because the, the current cut for the film was standing at 195 minutes ridiculous this wasn't also helped by marvel asking whedon to create certain scenes and film them in order to help them set up later films like i said like four subplot where he goes to find eric selvig and goes into some sort of weird cave to give himself a vision that scene was like initially like 15 minutes long thor ended up getting possessed by something called the Norn, and they speak through Thor as Selvig basically asks a whole bunch of questions about Infinity Stones and all this. It was just 15 minutes of pure exposition. Stop the movie dead in its tracks. So Whedon, in his words, put a gun to Marvel's head and said they could have the first half of the cave scene if they let him keep the farm sequence, and it was all agreed upon. Uh, So it got a little bit testy between the two of them. And there was loads more stuff as well that was cut from the film, including there was loads more with the Maximoff twins. There was a lot more Black Widow, uh, both plot and backstory, that didn't make it. Upon seeing the final cut of the film, Whedon had this to say. He said, every time I watch it, I feel, oh, I didn't do enough there. I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. Oh, that's failure. Here's failure. That's compromise. Here's compromise. I'm now coming out the other side, realising that once again, for all of its many varied and I'm sure soon to be heralded flaws, it's my movie. It's the movie that I set out to make and I have the honour of saying this film is fucking bonkers. So there's that. And so Avengers Age of Ultron was released in May 2015 to an opening weekend of $191 million, 
strangely $17 million less than what the first Avengers took in its opening weekend. By the end of its theatrical run, the film grossed $1.4 billion worldwide, so again, a massive, massive success for Marvel, even though the Avengers grossed $1.5 billion. Reviews were mainly positive. Uh, This divided the crowd a little more than the first Avengers movie, but Whedon claims that he wanted this film to be divisive by design. He set out to make... Well, yeah. Uh, I I wanted that. (laughs) I wanted some people not to like this. (laughs) He says he set out to make a weird, dark and personal film that was a far cry from the very, very fun first Avengers movie. Which brings us to the big question. Colin brain what did you think hmm. <laughs> um, you know uh, listening back to the episode we did on the first Avengers uh, Avengers for mm-hmm. this pod the one thing that was a positive for me with that one was even though it was quite a long film hmm. I remember saying that I didn't feel like it was a long film Uh-oh. which is a good thing <laughs> 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 this film felt like it went on for four and a half years <laughs> oh dear <laughs> four and a half not five yeah not quite five <laughs> okay so it was long but did you enjoy it not really no oh <laughs> interesting we i'm sure will get a bit more out of you but so rob how was this rewatch for you did you enjoy it um, I enjoyed it more than I did at the time. Mm. But I'm saying a lot of that comes in hindsight with stuff that Colin hasn't seen yet. Yes. I think there are other films that improve oh, okay. this in context. Mm. Did you not really. Were you not really into it on the first <clears throat> watch then? I saw it at the IMAX when I first saw it. Oh, nice. And I remember enjoying it. I like the you know I like I like all the characters so there's an element that any Marvel film I'll pretty much enjoy the first time I watch it. Mm-hmm, sure. It'll take a lot not to because I'm already invested. You're in, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely I did I enjoyed it less than the first one for sure. Mm. Although I think it looks stunning. It looks ten times better than the first one mm. in terms Do of cinematography. I think so, yeah. I think, like, all the colour's been drained from it, and then that takes away some of the fun of it. Obviously, it's a it's a darker movie, movie tonally, so there's a reason why I'm assuming they did that, yeah. I just feel like when it comes to lighting a scene, mm-hmm. he asked his cinematographer to vary it, mm-hmm. whereas the first film, it felt very much like a TV, everything's flatly lit, mm-hmm. whereas this is sort of dark tones and... I mean, we'll get to it, but some of the shots very much towards the end of the film were stunning Mm. to me. Okay, so I, and I'm not joking here, uh, I really wanted to be prepared for this. Obviously, knowing that we were, you know, it's been a while since we last recorded. Colin, I can't, is not going to believe this, but I just saw this film three times in the space of the last week. What? Yep, I saw it, I watched it three times. I I, I genuinely think I was maybe nervous going in because it's been so long since we last recorded. And I was determined to really get my research done and know every single thing about this film. So I've seen a lot of this film over the last week. And it's good. 
Um, Watching it, this film three times sounds like torture to me. <laughs> um, it opens strong. I think there are some genuinely fantastic moments or sequences in the first 30 minutes of the film. Uh, the, you know, this opening sequence, I, I like it a lot. I love the party at Avengers Tower. We'll all get into this as well. But then there are some parts to me that are just almost incoherent in both tone, plot, and character. But just when it feels like it's all about to fall off the wagon due to those rusty grinds, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of brought back in with this Sokovia sequence, uh, which again has glimmers of greatness again. Um, but it's a very busy movie. These Avengers movies, Colin, are only going to get bigger and bigger cast-wise. So I think if I was to put myself in Colin's shoes and maybe start to wonder maybe what future Avengers movies might look like, uh, Colin, are you a little worried? Um, not really, because, again, the more the more we get into it, I didn't hate the film by any stretch. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the film either, mm-hmm. but there were parts of it that I enjoyed. There were some character development in there that I really loved. Cool. And there was enough there where I was like, I'm excited to see that come back in a future film. Nice. And I so, think that is kind of what Marvel wanted to do, yeah. And maybe not what Joss Whedon wanted to do, yeah. Um, So whether you should be worried or not, I guess, well, um, next time, baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Before we do a deep dive, Colin, I think it might be worth mentioning that Joss Whedon did not return for any future Marvel movies after this. Um, Oh, okay. He actually eventually went over to uh, Warner Brothers and did some work for DC, which... Well, uh, Christ, um, might need its own fucking podcast. Um, I'm sure we'll reveal more one day. Yeah. But um, You could okay. say burn its bridges and then weed on the flames. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done. Nice. Weed, weed on. Yep, yep, we got it. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do a uh, deep dive. Here I feel we... really bad for that your mum's going to hear me talk about dick gifts oh we're still so on. we're still there I, it's just in the back of my mind now i can't i'm sorry mandy uh she will be completely i'm sure fine. she'll understand because yeah, yeah. i don't see nothing wrong with a little rust and grind <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm gonna have to google that see whether that's actually a phrase or not right <laughs> so sounds like a club it does well yeah Okay, well, (laughs) stop it. In the Eastern European country of Sokovia, the Avengers, which are Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Thor, Bruce Banner, Natasha Romanoff and Clint Barton, raid a Hydra facility commanded by Baron von Strucker, who has experimented on humans using the scepter previously wielded by Loki. Uh, we meet two of Strucker's test subjects, the twins, like I said, Pietro, who has superhuman speed, and Wanda Maximoff, who has telepathic and telekinetic abilities. They all apprehend Strucker, while Stark retrieves Loki's scepter. So, Colin, we jump straight into the action here. There's no big setup. There's no big let's get the gang back together montage. Mm -hmm. We are straight into a massive action sequence. Did that work, or did it just feel like jumping onto a moving train? Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit like that for me, actually. I almost just. It was what all I had going through in my head throughout that whole opening sequence was just like, "Fuck me, is this going to chill out in a second? <laughs> like there was so much being thrown at you, and also, it's been a long time since I've watched any of these films, mm. so it was like, 
you know, it was definitely like straight back in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was, yeah, it was probably a bit much. Yeah. So the first Avengers movie does take a lot of its time in introducing all of our characters. Yeah. I, I, I get the fact that there's not going to be that sort of slow burn to introduce how they're all going to be together and stuff, mm-hmm. but it just felt like there was a lot of shit being thrown at the wall straight away. <laughs> and there was, you know, the action was a, was just very frantic and mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know these two new dudes that were, or the two new characters that were in yep. and then all of a sudden you see like a big mechanical fucking whale in the sky or some shit mm-hmm. for like, and it was just like I don't know what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> so maybe to the, the casual MCU viewer it was maybe a bit too much I think it relies a lot on people having remembered that yeah, post credit exactly. sequence in like two films ago it was yeah. at the end of Cap America, wasn't it? Uh, it was. Uh, when yes. the word that Disney weren't allowed to use appeared. So if you, if you, one, if you didn't stay to the end of the credits, which even now, some, some people, people don't, yeah. and um, and you missed it, it's kind of expect you to remember a two-minute segment as the setup for this mission. I had a vague memory of those two. Um, but I think it was just a bit odd because the the guy, um, what was his name? Pietro. 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 Hmm. Um, he kind of looked like Logan Paul, you know that um, YouTube <laughs> dude. So straight away, I just thought Logan Paul was in the film, and then, and then the the girl, the woman, sorry, because because her powers are very different to what we've seen, as you said earlier, George. Yeah. But at that point, they almost looked more like. She looked more like she had come out of like an insidious movie or something. It was more like this paranormal. Like, is this? They some... do that weird camera effect of her like yeah, walking she... backwards and doors yeah. closing. And I, it's weird. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, are we getting some weird paranormal activity vibes or some mm-hmm. shit? So, and then yeah, with the with um, Tony Stark, then was that a vision that he was having? Of the well, portal that's, open that's with a the, big question. With the and I think mechanical he, whatever the fuck it was. I think he asks himself that in the film as well, in that mm. was it was it just her fucking with me? Or did I see the future? Like is mm. is everyone is everyone dead? And that kind of brings him to create Ultron in that are we doing enough to protect yeah. this planet? Yeah. Um, so I think that Yes, all that introduction of all the weird supernatural stuff is 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 odd, but um, in terms of motivating Tony Stark to then actually get go on and create the villain for this film, I think it kind of works a little. Yeah, bit. it sets it up. Yeah, okay. Mm. Uh, Rob, how's the rest of the opening sequence for you? Does it work? I mean, it's got that great dialogue again, and mm-hmm. it, I think immediately that's what brings what brings me back in anyway is you got the whole yeah the back and forth between these characters especially mm-hmm. with like cap and tony the whole language well the, the um, first line of the film is shit yeah. as tony stark you know flies headfirst into the force field surrounding the base and the second line of the film is steve rogers bless him saying language <laughs> yeah. and it becomes a beautiful running joke throughout the film yeah i mean it's great and there's so many nice little action beats in that opening moment there's uh, cap dragging the soldier along the ground while he's on the bike there's mm-hmm. thor like throwing a hammer at one person and instead of catching it letting it twat the man behind him <laughs> and then catching it there's just so many like cool moments but mm-hmm. i do agree with colin that it is if anything cut the cave completely put a little bit at the beginning of the film explaining what the fuck they're actually going mm. to do 
and give mm. it just a little bit more leading, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I did like the um, one of the moments in, in the action sequence where I can't even remember who it was, but someone ends up like flipping a motorbike and like, that was tossing that was it. Cap. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, he, I like he, that. He that throws was the motorbike at the people he's he's uh, yeah driving towards. Yeah, that that was a nice little. Uh, I need to know. I need to get moment. Colin's opinion on this. Oh, um, I don't know if George is going to go on to talk about this bit. Okay. But is Hulk giving Natasha Romanoff fuck eyes? <laughs> you know what? There was um, there was a moment in this film, and it wasn't that. It was um, oh, what's her name? You know when they go to. Is it Dr. Cho, that... Yeah. The Korean mm. uh, scientist or whatever. There was a moment, I don't, I can't even remember when it happens. It's relatively early on, and she, met, I think she asks if Thor's going to be there. Just before the party, she says That's she's not going to go, but is Thor going to be there? as soon as that happened, I thought to myself, have we got fuck eyes 2.0 here? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to be another version, but that didn't... But no, 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 I, um, I think the, the Bruce Banner and, and Natasha relationship was probably my favourite part of the whole film. Mm. So it wasn't really fuck eyes for me. It was a bit more Love eyes. Bit bit deeper than that. Yeah. More... Yeah, we'll get into them too later for sure. Uh in terms of the opening sequence, I, I really like it. I think it's Whedon's and Marvel's way of letting you know that, you know, we're we're not getting a repeat of the first Avengers movie here. We are gonna start straight away with all the gang back together. You know, it seems like we joined them mid mission, but then it kind of becomes clear that this is actually their last mission in what seems to have been like an ongoing operation, mm. um, you know, raiding the last known Hydra bases. And I adore what I guess you could call the splash shot page of them, like flying over the trench. Um, Rob, do you care to explain what a splash page is? Oh, I know what your splash shot was. Yeah. <laughs> Watched it three times. <laughs> <laughs> so the splash panel is typically in a comic book. You have loads of page of dialogue or fight scenes broken up into smaller panels, and then generally in the middle two pages of the comic book, there'll be a massive like two-page spread, one image showing all the heroes battling or doing something fucking cool. In the first yep. film, it was that sort of shot where it goes around them and shows them all ready to team up, finally a team. And this is definitely... Well, there's, there's a few in this film, actually, but mm-hmm. this is yes. the first of them. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful shot. And much like you, Rob, I think right from the get-go, at least to me, there was something really comforting about seeing these characters uh, mm. again from the first... And like I said, from straight from that first line of, you know, shit followed by language, we know that, yeah, this is going to be uh, at least a little bit fun. And, you know, as Rob, as Colin said as well, literally after that line as well, we've got Cap literally throwing a, a motorbike at people, which is wonderful. <laughs> I also really like Hulk during this sequence. You know, there's that great moment with Black Widow having a bit of trouble with a, like a cannon and uh, asking if anyone yeah. can assist. And Hulk literally quite just appears <laughs> in the frame and runs through the base and decides to keep on running at whatever is next in his path. Um, and so, yeah, the the Maximoff twins are introduced. You've kind of already hinted that at first Wanda was a little bit off-putting, but I guess we can maybe talk about them throughout the whole film. Were they a, were they a decent addition to the film, Colin, or did they just turn you Maximoff? <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm so sorry. <sighs> um. <clears throat> Yeah, they they both actually grew on me throughout the, as the film went on. 
than I was. So the, um, here we go. Kept you engaged. Your mind didn't wander uh. <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Fuck's sake, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, they. Uh, I, I was. Yeah, like I said, when they first popped up, I was a little bit like. Uh-huh. I knew that I, I, I like I had a vague memory of them being in that post-credit scene. Yeah, but um, I liked where like how they transitioned to be on the you know the right side mm-hmm. or or the other side it's up to you if you think it's right or wrong yes but, um, very true yeah good uh rob what about you the twins um not just like like i said the, not just the beginning sequence but the whole film are they are they a worthy addition to uh the film yeah i really like them i think well the whole film really works to show a different light of tony stark but they especially do it the, the kind of villains where you're like Oh no, I see why they were villainous for part mm. of it. Like, it makes sense why they were able to be sort of convinced into yeah. this. Yeah, I like them. I, I'd forgotten about the weird walking backwards <laughs> thing. It all goes a bit sort of. Um, Feels dated. Media studies, music video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spending some evanescence over it. Yeah. But yeah, I like them. I think, I think they're really good. And I, I enjoy Aaron Taylor Johnson and um, mm. Elizabeth Olsen and. Most stuff they're in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Aaron Taylor Johnson. But, um, yeah, I like we said, the film is over long, but I would be intrigued to see what films, what, sorry, to see what scenes with the twins that were left on the cutting room floor. And I like the, you know, I like some of that backstory as well. I love that we, like you said, we get a reason for why they hate Stark. You know, as they mm. mentioned, they were at like a family dinner and a bomb literally just came through their ceiling their parents yeah. like immediately killed and they had to spend the next four days in rubble basically staring at an unexploded rocket too afraid to move in case it went off but were forced the entire time to just stare at the word stark on the side of this rocket love that all for that um it gives great motivation but also a little empathy towards these two um, but like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm usually a big fan of Aaron Taylor Johnson. I don't think he's ever entirely comfortable in this film. I don't think no. he seems to settle into the character as much as Elizabeth Olsen does as uh, Wanda Maximoff. Uh, so they're moving on. Uh, Stark and Banner discover an artificial intelligence within the Scepter's gem and secretly decide to use it to complete Stark's Ultron global defense program. They un- the unexpectedly sentient Ultron, believing that he must eradicate humanity in order to save Earth, eliminates Stark's AI, Jarvis, and attacks the Avengers at their headquarters. And so we have the party sequence at Avengers Tower. This again, to me, feels fun, it feels fresh, and like anything we've kind of previously seen... Did this gain any laughs from Mr. Grump's Colin Brain over there, or did you find this sequence <laughs> enjoyable? It didn't get me any laughs. Mm-hmm. It just... Wait, hold on. Did it get a laugh? I think sure, it did get a laugh surely, out of this one. Come on. When they're all doing the who can lift the hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. Steve Rogers <clears throat> nudges it, and as he mm-hmm. walks off, Thor goes, no, nothing. Yeah. Come yeah, on, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, no, that that bit was quite funny. And even just some of the the shots, the angle of the shots they did when a couple of them were trying to Mm -hmm. grab it. And yeah, no, that that bit I did enjoy. Good. Um, The the sort of the back and forth dialogue before that when, you know, they're just, you're just bouncing between the different groups of people at Mm -hmm. the party and can't even remember who the two are now that are 
like trying to big up their their girlfriends. I think it's Kath it's, and no, it's, it's uh, and Thor, Thor and, and Tony. Tony, Tony, yeah, yeah. I mean that that sort of stuff is fine, but I mean I'll take it or leave it. But, um. <laughs> How did you feel about when Thor is sharing some of his drink with some uh, older men, and they they after drinking it, one of them says Excelsior. <laughs> he barely says it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in this scene, Thor gives him a drink that is uh, apparently been aged for a thousand years and not meant for mortal men. <laughs> and uh, yeah, suffice to say, it messes old Stan up. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. I love it. It's one of one of my favourites. I think. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, good. it was a good one, and I knew it was coming because they first started talking to some other old bloke, and I was like. I was like, is that going to be? And then I was like, oh, no, no, he's coming though, he's coming. And then I like that you know who it is now. Yeah, you were yeah, just yeah. like, that's an old bloke, that's him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Hugh Hefner and fucking Larry. Who was it? Who was it? Was Larry, Larry King. Larry King. Was it Larry King? Yeah. Larry King, yeah. Colin recognizes, yeah. Larry David. Colin recognizes Stan Lee. We'll call that growth. That is growth. <laughs> Rob, yeah. any highlights from the scene? I mean, I, I really enjoy all of it, to be honest. Uh, I like the. Um, I don't know why I really enjoy the Don Cheadle bit when he's, he's, he's telling his story. As, oh my god! Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, and he's trying Boom, to get the baby. laughs. Yeah. Is that that Boom. wonderful shot of him receiving vindication when he tells it to the group that finds the story interesting? Of like normal people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Just this sort of smug grin. And I love that uh, that good old roadie War Machine is off having his own in- adventures, like off screen. Mm. I love that. Bless him. Yeah, it does a good job of sort of giving you an idea that this world exists when we're not seeing it, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, the, the opening does that as well. And I really like the conversation between um, Bruce and Cap. Might be one of my favourite um, mm-hmm. sort of scenes between the two of them. Yeah, I just, I really like it. I, I know he got a lot of flack at the time, the sort of introduction of that romance, but I think it really, really works. Mm. No, like it's out of left field. Yeah, I mean it's but. it's random, but for me it definitely works because I I think this whole sequence is just Joss Whedon having the time of his life. I think it's so much fun. From what we've mentioned, the the hammer lifting scene from Rhodey telling his stories, and and yeah, the, I think not only the conversation between Banner and Rogers, but the whole conversation between Banner and Romanoff before I love and um, them mm. flirting at the bar with each other. It's really playful because suddenly yeah. the music in the background feels very old timey, maybe thirties and forties. And even the dialogue suddenly changes to like harken back to that era of classical cinema. You know, it opens with, um, Banner says something along the lines of what's a girl like you doing in a bar like this? And she says, lovely, yeah. um, a fella done me wrong and things like that. And I think the dialogue is so playful and so beautiful. Um, and it all works for me. And it's obviously wonderfully capped off um, with Steve Rogers telling Banner, oh. oh, hello, capped off uh, with him telling <laughs> Banner that, you know, he's seen her flirt up close and she was definitely flirting And the scene ends wonderfully with Banner chasing after him, asking, what yeah. do you mean up close? I like my favourite bit of that is that scene is that when she's describing this guy that done her wrong mm-hmm. and she's saying, you know, he avoids the fight because he knows he'll win. Oh. And that's a perfect description of yeah. Banner and the Hulk. Yeah. It's um it's great. And then I just love the sort of off camera delivery of uh, Steve saying, 
it's nice. <laughs> like, you, you don't know he's been there for like possibly the whole. It's scene. very weird. He's just sort of leaning on the bar watching him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the fight scene itself afterwards, um, it works for me because it's just refreshing to see these guys fight outside of you know their fancy costume and seeing Stark sort of hold his own without the suit and. You know, I quite like uh, Ultron quoting Pinocchio, mentioning, you know, there's no strings on him. That, for Mm. me, all works, too. Um, uh, I think it works so much, they even used a lot of that dialogue um, in the Age of Ultron trailer. So, Colin, um, the introduction of Ultron in that very sort of brief fight scene in Avengers Tower, did it make you excited to see our villain for the film? At this point, yeah, I think it did. I I liked the... um, Even though, obviously, he's, he's... artificial like he's a robot mm-hmm. well yeah i guess a robot would be the best yeah. way to put it wouldn't mm-hmm. it i like the fact that he had like a kind of his posture was a bit odd and he's he's kind of, of moved himself into a broken one of stark's droids hasn't he but yeah and, and i thought the the voice acting at that point was was pretty good and it got me excited at that point mm-hmm. to see where they were going with it <laughs> Being very closely guarded, I'm pretty sure you're not going to like Ultron for much longer. Uh, Robin, is he... Robin? Oh, Robin. my God. Robin. Robin. Uh, Robin. <laughs> what is that? Rob, is the Ultron intro effective? The intro is, yeah. I agree. Hmm. I, um, You can tell they definitely got Disney money now, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I really like that intro and how it effectively breaks up that party atmosphere, like... Going from such a good, happy scene to that. Mm. Really, really cool. I really like the montage sort of waking up scene of him and Jarvis as well before that. Just two AIs talking to each other. Yeah, did you know in the middle of that, there's a really, like, blink and you miss it. There's They've sort of done a weird composite of Dominic Cooper, is it, who played young Howard Stark. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? John Slattery. John Slattery, yeah. They did a weird merge of both their faces to kind of make a middle-aged Howard Stark. Oh. It's odd. I didn't know that. really odd. Yeah, you have to, like, blink and you miss it. It's in that weird montage where he's, like, scanning the internet to see about the Avengers. Okay. Weirdly, there was this... um, I used to work for um, Sky, and um, they had, like, this VR thing where the film was coming to the service, and you put the headset on, and it basically started with Thor throwing the hammer, and then you were Mjolnir going oh. through that fight, Whoa. basically being thrown towards Ultron. And you, if you turn your head, you could see like Cap lobbing his shield, like people going flying and all stuff. Really fucking cool. You have to take my word for it because I don't think it's readily Not available, available anymore. anymore. <laughs> no, but uh, that sounds cool. So uh, moving on, escaping. With the Scepter, Ultron uses the resources in Strucker's Sokovia base to upgrade his rudimentary body and build an army of robot drones. Having killed Strucker, he recruits the Maximoffs, who hold Stark responsible for the parents' deaths by his company's weapons, and goes to the base of arms dealer Ulysses Claw in Johannesburg to get Vibranium. The Avengers attack Ultron and the Maximoffs, but Wanda subdues them with haunting visions, causing Banner to turn into the Hulk and rampage until Stark stops him with his anti-Hulk 
armor. Now, if I've skipped over anything you particularly liked, uh, please stop me. I just know that this is a long and dense film, mm. so I'm using quite broad strokes here. Uh, so now Ultron is fully established as a villain at this point. He's got the Maximoffs in tow. Uh, he meets Ulysses Claw, played by the wonderful Andy Serkis, all before having a massive Hulk versus Iron Man fight. Colin, did we still have your attention as we start approaching the halfway point? Uh, not not really. <laughs> I think when it got to the when it got to that ship when they had gone to go and get the Vibranium. What was it? Vibranium. Um Yeah, I mean that action kind of sequence, it just I don't know, man. The whole thing just started to kind of blur into itself. Mm-hmm. Uh and to be honest, from here on out, as soon as an action scene started, I kind of switched off. <laughs> Because they just, it, I mean, there was little moments here and there, you know, like in the first one where he was throwing the motorbike and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I could have picked out one or two little moments out of most of them, but I just wasn't really feeling it, if I'm totally honest. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and and at this point, it was when Ultron just kind of got a bit, I don't know, he's just a big CGI robot. And I'm not really that interested in watching him be a villain yeah like you know you've mentioned it in the past george about how you know you want to have a backstory to a villain you want the villain to have a bit of substance and some layers maybe defined motivations yeah yeah Mm. it's a little unclear in this film i just wasn't really that into the idea that this villain was essentially well it was essentially a code as an algorithm that could Mm -hmm. could pop up in anything really and that just doesn't really interest me i just i'm not that doesn't excite me that much Mm -hmm. i if there was a, I mean, again, I, it's hard to criticize something when I don't have a better idea in my head. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, then just shut up and watch it. But <laughs> there was a part of me that kind of wished somehow Ultron turned into more of like a, a f- more more like a, like part human, part uh, yeah. robot yeah. or droid mm. or whatever you want to call it. Because I feel like if they had an actor doing those mannerisms mm-hmm. that I like so much from that first uh, shot of, of Ultron. Yeah. I just feel like there would have been a lot more to keep me engrossed. Yeah. But as soon as... I think my, my biggest um, issue with the film was just there was a lot of robots flying around into each other. There was a lot of metal on metal smashing into things. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of crash bang wallop. A lot of like rust and shine. grind. <laughs> a lot of rust and grind. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of grinding rust all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it just... It just wasn't for me, to be honest. Um, and I think from that point was when it really started to shine. As like, oh, okay. The one thing I did really like about that one, though, or that that section of the film that we're going over, was the dream sequences that um, Wanda kind of. Some of them were a bit. Some of them were better than others. Mm-hmm. But I quite like that layer of of you got to really see the vulnerabilities of some of the Avengers and yeah. and you know what their anxieties and and mm-hmm. and so I, that part of it I quite liked and I liked how much those visions stuck with them those dream sequences yeah, kind sure. of stuck with them for the rest of the film so that part of it was good but again I was just I just found myself kind of just zoning out a lot with this mm-hmm. one or, it was, was like, that also the, during the 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 Iron Man versus Hulk fight scene was it the same thing? Yeah, like- a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't. I'm just not that bothered about watching these guys fight each other. Like, it's just it, it doesn't. I, I'm sure there's a lot to take from it if you're fans of these characters and you know you've grown up with them and your comic, you know, you've you're really kind of into that sort of stuff. But I think what this film has done for me is just it showed me that as much as I've enjoyed some of these films and I'll, I'm hoping I'll enjoy more of them as well. Mm. 
but I'm just still not that bothered about it. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not invested in the characters in the same mm. way you guys are. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the moments that are fun and I enjoy some of the you know, the the character developments are the things that I really latch onto, I think, yeah. in these because I'm just not that fussed about that world. It's just you know, it's it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I think now I'm a, I'm ten films in or however Eleven. many films in. Eleven or whatever. It's safe to say that I'm just not that into the MCU. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to watch the films and some of them are going to, I'm sure some of them be great. Some of them I probably won't enjoy that much. But I mean, if suddenly tomorrow you guys are like, oh, Disney have fucking ended all the contracts and Marvel's fallen, but you know, it's all, it's all going. And I'd be like, all right, cool. Well, let's figure out a different podcast then. Cause I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've said it many times before, but hearing you say this just makes me so happy because Makes you happy. Yeah, because I know we're going to change your mind. I don't think I you think are, mate. We because are. you haven't got even got close. You haven't got close. I, I don't know, because I think, listening back to um, Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers 1. We had you with those two. You was 4.5. I was enjoying Avengers, I must admit. Um, Guardians is so far removed from <laughs> Avengers, at least at this point in time <laughs> for me. You know, I mean, Guardians is in fucking space and it's a whole different bunch of characters. Are the Guardians ever going to join the Avengers? I'm sure they will, and I'm not excited for that. You're not? At all. No. Hmm. Oh, wait, that's even if they, that's even if they do. <laughs> they will, yeah. of course well, they will. Uh, How many films are there? Uh, well, now we're up to about 26 now. They'll pop up in the I think. Avengers. I think by the time this airs, we're on 27 or 28. I, I, can, see, I can see some of the dudes from Guardians popping up. Because it's going to get into space, isn't it? That fucking portal's going to open up. That's going to be one of the big events. Well, there's only so many they... movies you can do on Earth, I guess, but we'll see. <sighs> we'll right. see. Uh, so, uh, Rob, um, this whole <laughs> sequence, um, is Whedon throwing too much at us, or does it all still work? I think much like um, Quicksilver trying to catch Thor's hammer, it does get away from <laughs> him a little bit. What I did really enjoy about this sequence was Serky's ham, Serky's ham, oik, 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 Serky's ham. Brilliant. Yes. Oh, he hams it up. Yeah. But it's Andy Serkis. He's allowed oh, to. Oh, he does. The cuttlefish. <laughs> they they put the light on there and, the, and the, the cuttlefish catch their prey. Num, num. It's good. I appreciate it's, that. It's good. <laughs> my wife is... <laughs> Give me a look to say, I've made many mistakes in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And you are one of them. (laughs) She never knew I could do an Andy Serkis impression to that one moment. Yeah, I really, I like Colin. I do really like the the dream sequences and the sort of nightmares. I think it's really effective. I love um, Black Widow's one. Yeah. Starring a really, did you spot the... uh, yeah, um, I can't remember her name. It's gone for me now, but like a really well-established actress. You're going to miss your plane. Julie Delpy from... Of course, from the before trilogy. Yeah, mad. But yeah, I mean, like the way that was shot as well, it went all a bit insidious again, mm. but <laughs> it was really cool. I think I just really like Cap's one mm-hmm. the most. Just stood in that empty dance hall. Yeah. It was just... The horror of being surrounded by loads of people and not being able to be with the person he wants, and then the horror of being in an empty room. Kind of like says everything about it as well, doesn't it? Like, he yeah. just. I think that's what I mean when I say this film looked better. Mm-hmm. It's, it was more cinematic in terms of the visuals, I think, to me. Yeah. How Black Widow's was all sort of almost completely drained of colour and these weird sort yeah. of like 
almost like split frame jump cuts of, of one minute she's shooting at targets the next minute it's a, a man with a bag over his yeah, head yeah that shit was dark mm. wasn't it I like that I yeah like that. really cool yeah so um, thank god the next sequence is what is known as the farm sequence which we'll get into in just one minute because yeah this is one pacey little bugger of a film because there's so much information and plot and sometimes exposition thrown at us that for like a a two and a half hour long film i guess this may be to its credit but i think if you were to take a toilet break it would really have to be during one of the fight scenes i think because otherwise you might get very lost as to what's happening what the plot actually is and what the the mission so to speak is I quite enjoy the Hulk versus Iron Man fight. Um, Yeah, I like it. But the amount of, let's say, collateral damage and structural damage is maybe hard to overlook a little bit. Oh, man, they fucked shit up so much in this film. Oh, my goodness. I'm surprised the city is still standing by this point, and we haven't even got to the Sokovia sequence where, again, a whole city is levelled. I I do appreciate, though, that there's that one moment where Stark tries to fly Hulk out of the city, away from possible casualties. Um, And I also appreciate that maybe this level of destruction is kind of done on purpose because it helps move along again that plot point of bruce banner deciding maybe he shouldn't be around people anymore and he goes into some sort of hiding we'll go into that at the end uh but still i'm sure there's a lot of very hurt people by the end of this fight scene i'm sure but then without this fight scene we don't get go to sleep 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 which, oh, that bit was amazing. <laughs> which is great yeah yeah i really like that and obviously um you get the wonderful moment where uh, stark puts absolutely everything he can into the fight scene and only manages to knock a tooth out of the hulk and then proceeds to become very 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 scared Um, (laughs) i also like the little touch of the big suit and the cage that he puts around mm -hmm. it being called veronica because of um riverdale reference from the old archie comics Mm -hmm. there was uh, which i believe are under under Marvel, I think they think fall under so. Marvel. Yeah, so Archie was always in a sort of weird love triangle with both Betty and Veronica. So Betty being um, Bruce Banner's love interest, Bruce. and Bruce, and the <laughs> <laughs> the caged Veronica, ready to uh, ensnare the Hulk. Yes, so yeah, that, that that little cage. Well, not Little Cage. That cage that came down, that whole... That sequence was quite cool. Yeah. I, but I wasn't really into the big Iron Man suit. The Hulkbuster it's known as, yeah. Was it? Yeah. I wasn't really into the uh, giant sort of Iron Man suit that you got That's in. completely... I get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good idea that Hulk... No, that Stark, sorry, has that on the back of his our mind, knowing we yeah. might need this, and has got yeah, that yeah, already. That's I like that's that. True. That's true. And I like that it's kind of implied that it was Bruce's idea... Mm. to have it as well i think earlier on he mentions about like i i you know i helped you with he veronica. does mention like, veronica yes he oh, does that's earlier on I in the film yeah. i didn't pick up on mm. that but that makes that makes it make a bit more sense yeah so a worldwide backlash over the resulting destruction and the fears that wanda's hallucinations uh, hallucinations in have incited uh, send the team into hiding at clint barton's farmhouse Thor departs to consult with Dr. Eric Selvig on the apocalyptic future that he saw in his hallucination, whilst Nick Fury arrives and encourages the team to form a plan to stop Ultron. Um, And so we arrive at the farm sequence. So two questions, Colin. 
Mm. Uh, was Marvel right to keep this sequence in because they wanted it to go? Or did it stop the film dead in its tracks? And question number two, you've already kind of answered me. It was where do you stand with the new blossoming romance between Banner and Romanoff? I think that it was a very necessary scene to put to put in the film because it almost almost acted as a bit of a palate cleanser from just the absolute frantic chaos that the movie had like been that. for me up until this point. Um and man, I gotta be honest, like I was really into the the, the blossoming romance with these two. Mm. And it's because Mark Ruffalo, mate, he's oh. a fucking phenomenal actor. He's so good. Mm. Like I loved that scene that those two mm-hmm. had when they're having that like you know, that deeper conversation in one of the rooms, I guess, upstairs. That, that gets very deep, yeah. yes. Oh, man, like, yeah. And just something about the way he plays the character of, of Bruce Banner, it's like, he doesn't even really need to say that much. I don't know how he does it. It's obviously just because he's a phenomenal mm-hmm. actor. But, like, and it was, you get it from the first Avengers as well, but he just, like, he, he puts out this sort of, like, self-loathing, like, crippling anxiety and mm. just this fear that he doesn't want people to get too mm-hmm. close to him because he knows inevitably, inevitably that he's going to fuck it up in some way. Yeah. And and that kind of like vulnerability, I think the reason I like it so much is just because I relate to it so much, if I'm totally wow. honest. like mm. he's, he's one of the only characters in the film where there's something that, that I relate to in the actual personality mm. of them. And I think that's probably why I like him so yeah, much. Yeah, I love that. Whereas with a lot of the other guys, you know, it's just, they're not one-dimensional, but I guess maybe I just, yeah, there's, there's not so much I can relate to. And just the way he, he's the guy that's always kind of stood back a little bit mm-hmm. in the group and sort of comes up when he feels like he needs to. And yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. And I thought, again, and not just him, I think Scarlett Johansson plays... She's incredible. Natasha, really, really well. She's absolutely um, incredible. And I think Bruce Banner, in the wrong actor's hands, would they would almost play him almost as like constantly repressing rage. When... Yeah, uh, Mark Ruffalo plays him as just all this repressed sadness. Yeah, oh, mm. so so much so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess the same questions to you, Rob. Um, you know, was the is the farm sequence necessary? And what what do you think about Banner and Romanoff? Um, I think it's absolutely necessary. I think it's probably my favourite section of the film. Nice. I'll be honest. Yeah, mine, mine too. I love that because I know that Jeremy Renner wasn't overly happy with the fact that the first Avengers basically made him a bit of a mind-controlled zombie for the mm-hmm. whole of it. Um, and even in this film, they the, in that fight scene and the boat, hey, the moment, he's about, he's yeah, about to be mind-controlled. He's like, I've been, I've been there, not a fan. <laughs> yeah, Which I think nice. Renner, if I believe, if I've heard the rumour, actually asked for that line to be in there because he was very, very open about not being happy about him in the Avengers, wow. yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's great that they gave him something real deep to do mm. and um like his wife said played by the brilliant linda cardellini Cardo- cardellini yeah can't speak i said that like a guy who's gone on holiday to italy <laughs> trying to <laughs> name something other cardellini cardellini yeah so um, no no uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> Suddenly sat on a can- by a canal somewhere. I like now that you're just running through a scenario in, in my your own head. head and we're just hearing it. Sorry. In Rob's head, he's in Italy. We're just, watch- we're just watching him repeating the word Cardellini over and over Someone again. Someone was about to give him Parmesan. And I was like, no, no. 
know what's going on here. <laughs> but yeah, I love that she basically says you're the thing that keeps them grounded. Mm. Like they need you more than they're willing to let on. Um, I think that was just brilliant. Yeah, I, I loved it, and it showed such a twist in the in the sort of best way that a twist can happen. No one went into that film expecting that. Well, no, there's that one. There's that little moment during the party sequence where you see Hawk. Oh, he's on the he's phone. on the phone, and he's like, "I only answer yeah. to you, ma'am." And he, and they're like, "Who's yeah. that?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, a girlfriend." No, uh, the girlfriend. No, what did he say? The girlfriend. Is that what but then, it, yeah. whilst he's getting the synthetic skin attached to him, Dr. Cho says, your girlfriend won't notice the difference, and he says, I don't have a girlfriend. So you're like, yeah. hang on, what's going yeah, on cause, here? because after that phone call, I thought to myself, hold on a mm-hmm. sec, is he like, is he... Yeah. Is he going to fuck around? They're having a lot of fun cross them or something? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a good and one. Yeah. I love that moment. You just reminded me, where you say that your girlfriend won't know the difference, and she, like, they're having a hug up in one of the rooms watching everyone argue and she says I can tell the difference yeah. it's just such mm. a nice little mm-hmm. character it's moment from someone that you see for like one scene yeah. um, but I love everything in these scenes basically I love the Romanoff and um, and Banner stuff how they both sort of this big theme of monsters in this whole film in general mm. like everyone seeing themselves as a monster like Tony sees himself as the monster that started all this mm-hmm. and and looking at you know people that have been experimented on and turned into something other and then, you know, Banner seeing himself as a monster, obviously, mm-hmm. and and Natasha admits it in this scene that she feels like a monster for the, yeah, the things that she's done and the things she's had done to her. Mm-hmm. It's um really, really good stuff and I think that character, you know, depths that they delve into is the, the real interesting stuff that sort of carries on. I love... Um, Tony just admitted that he just wants to stop. He doesn't want to do any of this, and the whole goal of Ultron is to to rest and to not have. He to. wants a suit of armor around the world, and just doesn't want really to be Iron Man anymore. Yeah, isn't there a moment where? Sorry, I'm rambling now. Um, <laughs> at least I'm not in Venice. Yeah. There's, um, <laughs> isn't there a moment where Banner accidentally steps on like a toy car in yeah. the living room? Just again, visual storytelling of like yep. he's in a sort of family environment and he's Everything already once yeah. and he's already destroyed something yeah it's just mm. great wow yeah uh i am so glad this sequence made the cut uh, i think when i first saw age of ultron at the cinema it was this sequence that i remembered the most um firstly it does a great job at evolving the character clint barton i really hope i'm not going to be echoing what you guys have just said because for us like this is his third mcu appearance and we kind of know nothing about him and he could kind of you would you, i guess you could say he's been kind of boring so far i think this completely redeems him i think he's really interesting as a character um i like i love that his wife and his family were shocks to everyone except natasha who knew all along because she's always she's Mm. full of secrets and you know even his son-to-be being named nathaniel after natasha is is lovely we learn the the horrible horrible reason as to why natasha cannot have children and she mentions that when she was trained as a young child the people training her sterilized her and as she puts it it was just one less problem to worry about Uh, like we're starting to stray in some really dark territory here uh colin was that little bit of information too dark nah man that's my kind of shit to Mm -hmm. be honest (laughs) 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 hang on on, 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 on. um i'll miss that again (laughs) 
no, I um, I I, I appreciate that. I think I, I I like it when films get a little bit more deeper mm. and 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 darker over the sort of more. You know, yeah, because that that, that fam- really, family friendly that stuff really I guess touches you could on say. something we yeah. have not seen so far in the MCU. Uh, I hope we get a um, Black Widow. I think we do get a Black Widow film. Actually, I'm pretty sure I saw something on a London bus a few months oh. ago. But maybe that's the other problem, man. Like, there's fucking buses everywhere. There's films coming out all the time. I have to, I have to um, look away quite quite fast. Scarlett Johansson in a lot of films. So. That's true. Well, not, yeah. not to my knowledge, but we'll see. Or it, it also, it could just as easily be a TV show because they're they're pumping those out. They sure are. So. <laughs> that little smile from Rob. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, Rob, uh, same question to you, really. I guess uh, d- is this straying too far? Is it is it too dark for, for what was essentially a Disney film? I don't think it should be. Mm-hmm. I think Disney have got a long history of doing fucked up things and uh, people sort of gloss over <laughs> just like shooting Bambi's mum and um, you know shit like that the amount of parents and people will get hung and shit in loads of Disney films <laughs> I think you know something like this where you don't even see it it's just spoken yeah. much like you don't see Bambi's mum eat a bullet <laughs> sandwich <laughs> I don't think it should be a problem. Cool. Uh, um, so just to cap off my notes for the um, the farm sequence, and, you know, we all have established that Anna doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm very comfortable in my sexuality, but seeing Steve Rogers rip apart a log with his bare hands makes me question everything. It's, I think we both said the same <laughs> thing about him punching the punch bag in oh, did we really? Avengers yeah. 1. I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> it's just such a cool it's little a, character moment. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, was you thinking, oh, I'd let oh, it be Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the listeners at home, Colin is shaking his head. <laughs> I mean, that's cool, man. If, if you want him to rip you in half, that's totally fine with me. I just... I just didn't, I didn't get George's that from the scene, if I'm honest. <laughs> oh, George definitely wants it. We know that. <laughs> okay, moving on. Hello, Mum. Um, <laughs> if George has got wood, he wants Chris Evans to split it. <sighs> In uh, Saul, uh, Ultron uses Loki's scepter to enslave the team's friend, Helen Cho. They use her synthetic tissue technology and vibranium and the scepter's gem to craft a new body. As Ultron begins uploading himself into the new body, Wanda is able to read his mind, discovering his plan for human extinction. The Maximoffs then turn against Ultron. Rogers, Romanoff and Barton fight Ultron and retrieve the synthetic body, but Ultron captures Romanoff. So... For me, personally, this is where I started getting a little lost. We have this whole sequence where Ultron is deciding to upload his uh, coding, I don't know, uh, into a new synthetic body. Um, Before that, we kind of had Thor's cave sequence. Um, Colin, did you have any idea or any clue as to where Thor was going or why he was going there? Not really, because it, at this point in the film, it felt like every, they all sort of splintered off to different areas. And But you had like 30 seconds of seeing where they were going, or even less. It, it felt like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the Thor bit kind of threw me off because he ends up in London, right? At one point, meeting up with he goes to meet Doctor Eric Selvig. Yes. Yeah, but the cave wasn't in London, was it? No, I couldn't tell you where the cave was. <laughs> Is it exactly? No. So I don't really know what happened there. Um, I don't know why, because they did this whole thing about shutting Ultron out of the internet. Because mm. that was the biggest threat for me as Ultron, with that opening scene of, holy shit, he's potentially anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. There's yeah. nowhere they can hide. But they didn't really do a good job of, of playing they on that. They briefly though, really. mentioned that thought, he's yeah. after nuclear codes, but for some reason can't access them. It's it's all brushed over so quickly. Yeah, so I kind of wish that they shut down the internet. The yeah, world but- is without the internet. I mean, so that's already thought, a way better yeah. plot than, that, than what we watched. If Thor goes to see Eric Selvig... Selvig can then get out his old Norse law books mm. and then can not law us in yeah, yeah, LAW. Yeah. <laughs> but um he yeah, because it's touched upon in the first Thor film. And and learn about Ragnarok and all this stuff that's mentioned. Mm. I just think that would have been more compelling than sort of going to some random it's, cave. It's all mm. a little strange. So then Colin I guess you've sort of already hinted at this, but where does Ultron rank in the MCU right now as a villain? You know, because in our first Avengers movie, we had Loki. Does 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 he top Loki? Of course he fucking does top Loki. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even get close to Loki. But Rob, does Ultron work as a villain? Essentially, it's the villain is a top Yeah. He even mentions, uh, no, he doesn't. I was about to say, he mentions he was born yesterday, but that's a different character. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's sort of just going off the basis of if you injected the internet into the mind of a child. But do they not, are they not trying to imply at points that this is sort of like an alter ego to Tony Stark, though? Like, like this. It's like half. This Ultron is kind of the Tony Stark, or like the more evil side of yeah, him because there's even of. there's even parts at the beginning when he when he like even just his mannerisms and the way he talks and some of the the dialogue sounds like it could easily be something it's, that it's definitely Stark what says, Whedon was going way... for he's been a very open in saying he did want a father-son dynamic between them okay where i think yeah they, there's even a bit where he finishes off um finishes off his punchline mm-hmm. doesn't he mm. um and they, they sort of imply that's a bit where claw sort of goes that's what Stark used to say yeah um, <laughs> when he's on the boat, so the, I think there's an element that the Jarvis part of him from Tony's original AI is kind of still in yeah. there. It doesn't really, again, it's brushed over. Yeah, a lot is. Uh, to me, I think Ultron is okay. To me, he, the thing to me is that he is never threatening. He's never scary. Um, he's he's entertaining at points for sure. I mean, they make him very quippy for a villain. Yeah, Whedon, almost whimsical. Whedon gives him a lot the facial of facial expressions and yeah. stuff. Yeah, he chops off Claw's arm and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." They will probably fit right back yeah. on. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's odd. Uh, I don't think I think we've kind of mentioned this as well. I don't think he ever really tries to justify why he's doing what he's doing. At least it's probably brushed over again, like a lot of the plot. Some of the CG can be a little shaky at times. Um, and, you know, considering mm. we've now seen three Iron Man movies, Colin, I think I'm on your wavelength here. You'd think we'd have a villain a little better designed than what's essentially an upgraded Iron Man suit. Uh, 
like mm. we you know we they, they're basically fighting a giant robot the whole film and to me that's a little boring um but james spader mm. is clearly having a lot of fun and it's easy to kind of get swept up in um his enthusiasm for the role i think um right <clears throat> so the avengers fight among themselves when stark and banner secretly upload jarvis who is still working after hiding from ultron inside inside the internet into the synthetic body uh, thor returns to help activate the body based on his vision that the gem on the brow is the mind stone one of the six infinity stones the most powerful objects in existence this vision earns their trust by being worthy of lifting thor's hammer mjolnir and so we have another new character join the ranks uh now colin you have now been introduced to vision how was vision's intro for you are you on board or is the weird floaty red man a step too far for you i uh i felt like i wanted to go and get a can of tizer do you remember that drink <laughs> yes <laughs> 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 brilliant I, um, I had a similar thought when I first saw it before he gets the splatter into green he kind of looked like um, Robbie Williams at the end of the Rock DJ <laughs> video you know, when he rips all his skin off yeah shit I remember that music video but um, yeah I weren't really feeling no. him I I, pref- I liked the fact that he, he didn't just stay in that you know, first date, and and he he looked a bit more sort of, I guess, superhero. He can, he can change his appearance because he, he when he yeah. looks at Thor, he kind of looks at the cape, doesn't he? And then make yeah, creates and a then cape. one yeah. appear. Yeah. Um, again, man, I think by this point in the film, I was sort of, I think I even messaged you guys at one point, and I just went, I can't even remember what I said now. It's something like Sally coffee. <laughs> I was like, fuck, this is long. Because <laughs> I literally paused it at one point and went and made a cup of coffee because I was like, I just need a break from this. Um, and I think, yeah, it was probably around that point. So if I am if I was to think back at what, before I started watching any of these movies, what I would expect to see in any of these mm-hmm. films, a lot of what, what happened in this one in terms of the Ultron, then this vision thing and stuff, it's just not, anywhere that i was ever expecting the films to go and that's not good i mean i had no idea you know Hmm. um again i'm i I always feel bad critiquing stuff when i don't have any actual good ideas for it to go so it kind of it's a hard thing to sit here Hmm. and and sort of talk about how much i didn't enjoy something but yeah there just wasn't much about that that character that i was that i was into that's fair uh rob your thoughts on vision's introduction into the mcu it does feel a bit rushed Mm. i did really like the debate beforehand more yeah when him when again banner and stark are arguing and and stark's like look buddy we're monsters this is yeah we're mad scientists this is Mm -hmm. i think he's he describes it saying it's uh yeah it's not a loop this is the end of the line because uh Banner's like saying, I feel like I'm going in in circles here. We're having the same conversation. Yeah. Um, It's just, yeah, I love all that stuff. There's a a great moment where Wanda comes in and he says, like, I could could choke the life out of you and we wouldn't change a shade. Like, because she threatens to, Mm. like, she says, I'm not going to do that. 
I just so what a, what a line <laughs> from the banner side of things yeah. that he would he could do something that sort of violent. <laughs> All that stuff was really interesting to me, and I just until I got a bit when we saw it at the IMAX, Vision holding the hammer, brilliant payoff. That bit was cool. I'll I'll give and him that. I loved the fact that he picked up the hammer and everyone was just like, oh. Because it's an excellent, like you said, payoff. Because that whole mm-hmm. sequence of who can lift the hammer at the beginning initially yep, yep, feels like yep. a comedy scene. It is a comedy scene. It's yep. very funny. Mm. No one's worthy because they can't pick it up. But it was vo- it's just a very, very secret setup mm-hmm. for this particular payoff. And when Vision, he picks up the hammer off screen and brings it into frame to hand it to Thor. I, it's Very an incredible well moment, and no one needs to ask any questions after that, including Thor himself. They know, okay, yeah. we're in safe hands. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that works for me. But the, the stuff before it, when he's just sort of floating there for a minute, and <laughs> that all feels really sort of quick. Yeah, yeah. feels like someone's fast-forwarding through that bit of Watchmen, where he's like... Mm-hmm the whole Ozymandias section. It feels like someone's just sort of going, all right, yeah, let's do... He, he sort of has all these thought processes, he's complex, you know, being born and yep. experiencing that and looking out on a cityscape and suddenly... Mm. It, yeah, I feel like that could have just done with a bit more time. Again, they could have got rid of sort of Thor in the cave yeah. and stuff. And <laughs> there's no reason why Thor could have just zapped that box with lightning to try and blow it up and that happened instead and we lose all the exposition yeah true right so for this next sequence please bear with me because i'm going to do a whole big chunk of the movie here before we start wrapping up the deep dive so vision and the maximoffs go with the avengers to sokovia where ultron has used the remaining vibranium to build a machine to lift a large part of the capital city skyward intending to crash it into the ground to cause global extinction. Banner rescues Romanoff, who awakens the Hulk for the battle. The Avengers fight Ultron's army, whilst Fury arrives in a helicarrier with Maria Hill, James Rhodes and other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to try and evacuate civilians. Pietro dies when he shields Barton from gunfire and a vengeful Wanda abandons her post to to destroy Ultron's primary body, which allows one of his drones to activate the machine. The city begins to plummet, but Stark and Thor overload the machine and shatter the landmass. In the aftermath, the Hulk, unwilling to endanger Romanoff by being with her, departs in a Quinjet, whilst Vision confronts and destroys Ultron's last remaining body. And so we end the film kind of with the Battle of Sokovia. Colin, where does it rank alongside the Battle of New York in the first Avengers movie? Were you bored shitless by this point, or did this last fight scene kind of bring you back a little bit? It's it's not clo- it's not even close to the the Battle mm-hmm. of New York for me. Um, I, I quite like the idea of a villain essentially grabbing a piece of the planet whipping it up into the sky and then smashing it back yeah. down again to you know Cause I like a new that. big bang I, I like essentially that. yeah 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 like you know turn turn part of the world into a meteor to yeah. then fuck it up um I like that I quite I enjoyed the I enjoyed the moments you know the bigger moments in there like how they end up stopping that from mm-hmm. happening at the end and 
I actually was quite surprised that they killed off um, Pietro. Pietro, Ooh. yeah. Just because you know they're they're introducing two new characters in mm-hmm. this film, and I, to be honest, I wasn't really expecting any of the main ones to so, die. So, and here's a question: Were you expecting Hawkeye to die? Because I think Whedon has a lot of fun in this film, almost telegraphing it. There's so many times mm. where he mentions. This is going to be my last mission, and uh, there's so many hints. Mm. And I remember when I watched mm. it, I was like, "Well, Hawkeye's a goner." <laughs> yeah, um, but but again, like I've said, uh, like about a lot of the action sequences throughout this film, it just all seems a little bit frantic. It's, there's nothing new. It's stuff we've seen already. It's a lot of it's just boring action. It was stuff, an which... army of drones. Exactly, yeah. I mean, how many times in these films have we got to see like swarms of flying robots come in and then just da, 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 next thing you know, they're all on the floor. It's like, I'm just not that bothered mm-hmm. by that stuff. Um, Drones better. I like, um, I, 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 I enjoyed Elizabeth Olsen in this part because, again, obviously her losing yeah. Pietro or yeah. whatever his name is um, and her reaction to that was obviously just, you know, um, kind of shows her power off a little bit that she's actually quite maybe yeah, a little exactly. bit more powerful than what we realise as well I think so yeah I think she's incredibly powerful mm. anyway man like with the with the the ability to so a lot of the stuff we saw her do throughout the film I, I think I think she's going to be quite a big deal mm. um, or maybe I don't know but um, yeah that scene wasn't I was definitely on the looking at the clock every sort of few okay. minutes how long's left for this <laughs> film now <laughs> okay, so uh, Rob, uh, the Battle of Sokovia, or was it more like the Battle of Can This Film Please Be Over Ya? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that is the wow, that's beautiful. I mean, the dad jokes just <laughs> level up, don't they? Christ. <laughs> That's all he's been doing for the last I took months. a break after yeah. writing that, and I honestly am not uh. joking. <laughs> um, I, I have some sort of, there's some beats in the fight scene that I like. But as a whole, yeah, again, it, hordes of robots are, but it's weird because the Battle of New York is just hordes yeah, of aliens. It's hordes, so, essentially. And that's the same here, and I think that's maybe why it's a bit like eye rolly. Mm. bit boring but there's so many cool moments i love hawkeye's moment to shine when he yeah wanders having that meltdown in, in it's my hiding, favorite moment of the sequence yeah yeah and he he says um well i've got the, oh the i've got it here. as well go on yeah please <laughs> yeah he says the city is flying i have a bow and arrow and none of this <laughs> makes sense um he says, you step out that door you're an avenger mm. really really cool at the moment she walks out and starts ripping yeah. stuff is You've got the moment where Quicksilver runs away with her and he's like, nobody would know, putting <laughs> the bone arrow at him. <laughs> yeah, it's just some really cool moments. There's loads of cool cat moments as well. I think there's like tons of bits where he's like throwing the shield, like splitting things mm. off and saving people from the edge of the bridge. Do you think and... Cap sidelined in this film? A little. I would he say is, so, isn't yeah. He? Yeah, but then that you mention I, it. I mean, wouldn't you say Thor would be as well, though? Thor it, definitely it, is. It feels to me like it's very much Iron it, Man, Banner. Hulk, Black Widow. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the two new yeah. people. I think that's interesting where 
Banner actually comes round to Romanoff's way of thinking. It's like, come on, let's just go. Let's, we don't need this. And she does need it. Pushes him down the old hole. Sorry, I need the big guy. Yeah. 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 Really, yeah. really cool moment. And I love the whole him leaving on the Quinjet. Did anyone else notice? There's a bit, <laughs> there's a bit where Vision grabs Ultron and he like touches the middle of his forehead and this is like zoom inside his brain to basically disconnect him from mm. the world networks and everything. So all the Ultron is is this horde and whatever the yeah. main Ultron is. And he sort of does it, but <laughs> Ultron sort of goes, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I've got it noted here, Vision <laughs> grabs Ultron and makes him come. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Watch it again. Same noise George made when he when he saw Thor splitting that. Um, Steve piece Rogers, of wood I think you'll one. find. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. <laughs> I thought Thor would be your type as well. well to be honest, but I, maybe I'm surprised not. you even think I have a type. But okay. Um. Well, this podcast is starting to show me some things. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm on the same lines as you, Rob. Yeah, go back okay. and watch it. It's very much an oak face. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, well, to me, there's a lot to like in the sequence. Uh, yes, again, there's a whole ton of destruction. Yes, as we've kind of already mentioned, there's a bunch of faceless robots that's not overly interesting, but it's the, the Clint Barton giving Wanda the pep talk I absolutely love. Um, so, and yeah, we get another splash panel or splash page moment mm. when all of our Avengers are protecting the drill. I think it looks great and it really works on a cinema screen. Um, and, you know, once all of the you know loud noises are done, I love <laughs> that conversation between Vision and Ultron in the forest. I think it's Me the too. most philosophical. Maybe the MCU has gone so far. And, you know, it's a conversation between two robots, but um, it's a really beautiful little moment. I was saying earlier about beautiful cinematography and that far off mm. shot where you see that blind of light come through mm. the trees. There's nothing like that in that yeah. first film. And that's the only reason I put it down a mark to a 4.5, that first one, because I just think visually it wasn't as compelling yeah. as this one. But this one was more visually compelling, just mm. not as... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, <laughs> it was lacking what the first falters. one had, so yeah, I kind of want sure. Uh, so let's start wrapping this up later with the Avengers having established a new base run by Fury, Hill, Cho and Selvig. Uh, Thor returns to Asgard to learn more about the forces he suspects have manipulated major events. As Stark leaves and Barton retires, Ro- Rogers and Romanoff prepare to train the new Avengers led by Rhodes, Vision, Sam Wilson and Wanda. Colin... Mm. Our new Avengers headquarters, did you recognise that building at all? No. Because uh, you've definitely been there. Okay, go on then. That, uh, the Avengers headquarters, is the Norwich University of East Anglia. Yes, the UEA. Huh? Yep. Avengers was filmed, that part was filmed in Norwich, and that is the UEA. Really? Yes, it is. Uh, I'm not even joking. Why? I have no idea. They... <laughs> I remember it, of all of the places. I remember even it that. being in like the local newspapers, the Eastern Daily Press, that they were filming really? a new Avengers movie in Norfolk, and I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" And it was that sequence there, yeah. Oh, so that was going to okay. be my trivia of the week, but uh, I thought it should go here instead. And so, yeah, would have been good. Would have been good. Uh, like we, like I just said, we have a new lineup of Avengers now. So Clint Barton, Hawkeye, 
after all that character development, it's now gone. He's retired. Um, he's at home with the family. Uh, Tony Stark. Is he, though? Well, Tony Stark has packed it in. Uh, he... He hasn't packed anything. Got what in. he wished. He's no longer Iron Man. He's back. he's sitting this one out. Hulk is God knows where. Last time we saw him, mm. he was in that Quinjet flying off. Um, who knows? Uh, Thor is off looking for Infinity Stones. So that leaves us with Captain America, Vision, the Falcon, Black Widow, War Machine, and Wanda Maximoff. Are you looking forward to seeing that lineup in an Avengers movie? Not particularly, but I know that it'd probably be the first 20 minutes, half an hour, and then I'd be like, shit, we need the old dudes back, don't we? <laughs> and then somehow we'll end up with all of those lot coming in and reconnecting and all that stuff. I mean, I can't... I'll, I'll give them all a chance. Ooh. I mean, um, I, like I said, that Wanda character is cool. Who are the new ones? Vision, I wasn't... I'm not feeling, mm-hmm. but again, that could change. We've got um, a war machine. Yeah, I've never really been into War I Machine. Uh, we've got Falcon, uh, Sam Wilson from Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah, but he's not really. he didn't really do anything in this one, did he? <laughs> I think at one point he kind of flew in in the background and I went, he, shit, is this guy in this yeah, film? Uh, he's also at the beginning. He's in the party sequence when he mentions oh, to yeah, Steve yeah. Rogers that um, he's out there hunting leads in their missing persons case. Do you know what he was referring to there? No. He's obviously out there looking for Bucky. Oh, okay. The Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah. yeah, forgot about that. Yes. Um. So. Um. So yeah. I mean, again, I don't see these guys being the new Avengers. Oh. I mean, they obviously are the new Avengers, but I don't. I don't see them being the only Avengers. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily believe all of the things mm. of everyone's disappearing and doing their own thing now. Okay, we um, shall see. But I'm more than happy to 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 see how where it goes. Give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt. I'm also hoping there's a bit of a wait between this and the next Avengers film, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we move on from all of these dudes a bit now and we introduce some new people. Because, some new blood. Yeah, man. Like I don't, I've, I'm praying there isn't another Iron Man film. <laughs> I mean, one one prop I will give this one is there was no ACDC when he flew it in. It wasn't, no. That, no. So I was happy about that one. Mm. Uh, so, Rob, does the movie <laughs> end strong? And um, what about that? It's a good last line from Steve Rogers, I think. Avengers, yeah, that was good. Because like mm. it, the comics used to for Colin, I guess uh, the comics used to be called, as I remember, like Avengers Assemble and stuff like that. And it was this massively famous line; they, they would get mm. shouted at all the time in the in the cartoons and stuff like that. Avengers Assemble. We never got that in the first film. So we're like, oh, yeah, we didn't purposefully made him only say Avengers because he thought if he said Avengers Assemble. They won't let him cut it <laughs> midline. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a tease there at the end. Um, so, yeah, like I said, does it does it end strong? Yeah, I think so. I like Vision's last line of nothing's, you know, beautiful because it lasts. Mm. Yeah, there's lots of stuff. I, I Again, there's sort of this Tony talk about building a farm for Pepper mm. and everyone's going off doing their own thing. It's kind of a... I don't know, I can't remember trying to think how I felt at the time, whether I was, like, pumped for the new... Did you feel like it was a sort of, like, a passing of the torch to these newer dudes at that point? Or were you sat there going, nah, they'll be back? I, to be honest, and I'm not saying yeah. whether you're right or wrong, was very mm. much in Colin's mind wave there. As that in, they'll be back. I was like, oh, I really hope they're not that the new Avengers, because okay. that would feel a little odd. 
yeah. they'll find ways to get some of the old guys back. Yeah. Whether I was right, I don't know. Yeah. But that was very much my thinking. I seem to remember thinking it f- just felt like a bit of an afterthought. Mm. The costumes are suddenly really shit <laughs> as well. The Wanda's Wanda costume looks with that awful. Bit. They've covered yeah, her in what makeup. The hell was that? And yeah, her yeah, hair's yeah. all curled. It, it, yeah, it's an <laughs> awful uh, costume decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I know it's a bit weird. And, and there's sort of weird statues of the Avengers that's in the what end credits. What was that all about? Do you know? Do you remember the old Lurpak adverts <laughs> with the little man made out of butter? <laughs> That's all I kept thinking. I thinking so one of them's going to start playing the trumpet. Brilliant. So, we're ending <laughs> it on the Avengers made out of butter. So, that was Avengers Age of Ultron. So, let's move on to our ratings, which is going to be added to our letterbox account. You can find the link in the episode description. Colin, out of five, what do you rate Avengers Age of Ultron? Two. Weesh. Interesting. Rob, what do you rate the film? 3.5. Ooh. Uh, it's a 3.5 for me as well. Uh, over my viewings, it kept switching from a 3 to a 3.5, but some of the character work in there is so strong, it does elevate it for me. Uh, I think Whedon throws everything he can at this film. A lot of it sticks and a lot of it doesn't and um, i don't know how much yeah. is his fault and how much it is of like marvel and disney sort of poking their fingers where it doesn't belong and yes like we said it's quite a dark film tonally but uh i also i'm not the massive fan of the color grading of the film i know you um rob maybe quite agree i d- uh, disagree sorry um and to me that hurt the film a little bit as well you know too much for your own good. Now that's what I call using the old head. Shall we move on to some trivia? Oh, <laughs> yes, good, baby. Because, trivia time. Because we've had 10 months since the last episode, and I'm pretty sure every single episode we've recorded yet, we haven't been able really to keep track of the score. To remember who's, um, yeah, what the and score Rob is. And yeah. has fortunately before we recorded this gone back and looked at the score for us rob so rob what's the score on the doors it's five all Oof. we're no That's time crazy. Tense. that is very tense so who's going first shall we let colin decide who's going first yeah i'd like to hear rob's Ooh. first please Okey me dokey. too so we uh touched on stan lee earlier not literally, not in a <laughs> physical way. Um, and his amazing cameo as the sort of war veteran. Um, but did you know that Stanley did in fact serve in the army? He during World War Two, although he only served in America. Um, the co-creator of the Avengers, Jack Kirby, um, served in Europe and actually did fight in Omaha Beach which is referenced in that scene. He says, uh, you know, give us a break, kid. We've been to Omaha Beach, really saying it's not it's made for not made for mortal mm. men, all this sort of thing. So I thought that was a very nice um, sort of tribute mm. to two of the founders of uh, some of our favourite Marvel characters and the Avengers themselves and their time sort of serving in the uh, armed forces during the World War. That's a nice one. I like it. Mm, I think you were pandering a little bit, but... I think you're pandering. (laughs) 
okay. I love how seriously George <laughs> takes this. I do. Literally, as soon as we say trivia, George's demeanor changes. His, his facial expressions change. He gets like almost a bit passive aggressive towards mm-hmm. Rob. I yeah. love it. Puts yeah. his dickhead stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do. I, I fully. I, I'm really competitive. I turn into a knobhead with stuff like this. Um, <laughs> right. So the whole Sokovia battle sequence, I think, set wise, it, it's quite impressive. Um, Rob's rolling his eyes. Uh, was it done in someone's car park no, again? No, actually, this was no. um, filmed. They managed to find during all these um, like sites, like recce, recce visits and stuff like that, um, that in North London, there was a police training college where they actually have created this whole almost fake city to perform mm. lots of um, exercises in and things like that. And it looks that realistic. They decided to shoot the Sokovia sequence at the police training college in North London. During that sequence, there is a, a bronze statue sort of in the, my trivia is just lots of little trivias inside trivia. Um, it's like the little, uh, what are they called? The, the, what, what are the eggs called? Russian eggs? Russian yeah, dolls. Russian dolls. Russian there dolls. we go. Um, yeah. So the, this bronze statue <laughs> visible throughout most of the sequence in Sokovia, um, it actually says underneath the statue that this is of uh, Vladimir Lenin. They completely made up the name. Uh, they CGI'd the name actually out that was on there um, because there is a statue erected in the police training college um, and it's for a guy called Sir Robert Peel. He is the founder of what is known to be the modern police force. Um, and the real reason sometimes uh, police officers in the United Kingdom are referred to as Bobbies is because they're referring to Sir Robert Peel. That's good. That's, that's sort a, of like a, that's a good one. A Marvel fact and a sort of just a general British fact. police force yeah, fact that's mm. unrelated. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um. <laughs> so they filmed Here on a film go. set <laughs> and a bit of police history. No. Oh, I love it. Oh no, go on. It's no, up no, to keep you. going. Keep going. I want to. It's up to I like, you. I like, I like you, the, uh, the back and forth of you trying to persuade me I'm who I'm going with. I've already, I've already made my. I refuse to argue. I, I quite like that. Mine's lots of (laughs) little trivia within trivia. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think it works. I, I think it was pandering. Oh, here we go. I stand, I stand by my (laughs) trivia. I stand by our troops. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, that's too far. Don't do Um, that. No, I, I can't add that. I'm going, I'm going with George. Come on. Was that because you was always going with George? I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I've made that choice. I just like watching you. I like listening to you two you've go. You've made that for a bit. choice. <laughs> hey, we'll see if the we'll see if the uh, the listeners agree or disagree. Right. So far, they've been royally pissing off, Mister <laughs> yeah, O'Connor. Have they have they been agreeing yeah, or disagreeing been, with me? Um, there's been a fair few messages we've had. Oh, really? Disagreeing. Oh, they said who's it? Someone messaged us saying that you were. Absolutely robbed, like to me. Oh yeah, that yeah. I was robbed one week. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fuck our yeah. listeners. Stop listening. I'm gonna get that for you, a trophy, baby. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so six five to me, but for yes. how long? Who knows? So that's that for another week. Thank you all for listening. 
Uh, please take a look in our episode description as well for all of our links to our social media channels. That is for the podcast and for our own personal social media channels. Come give us a follow. So uh, let, us, let us know if you're doing your own MCU rewatch as well. We actually know there are some people watching the MCU for the first time along with us, which is amazing thank you very very much and we love to have more of you on this journey with us as well so please let all your friends and family know about this podcast as well so colin moving on to next Mm. week we have just one film left in phase two this avengers movie does not end this particular phase that seems kind of strange to me why don't they end them with well they did the first one they did phase one ended with avengers this Phase two does not end with Age of Ultron. So any idea where we're going? Um, do you you've already said you don't, but you know, are we gonna get another team up movie straight away? A returning hero or a new hero? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another Thor mm. or Captain America, because I'm guessing well Logically, I'm thinking that each superhero has maybe a trilogy of their own. Ah. So Iron Man, hopefully, fingers crossed, is done. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only seen two, two Thor, two Captain Americas, right? True. So either one of those. I mean, I, I am sort of quietly hoping for someone new. Mm. But I don't know who that would be. Well, next week, we're off to San Diego to meet a this new, new yep. character called Scott Lang, otherwise known as Ant-Man. Colin, okay. say bye. Bye-bye. Rob, say bye. 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 Next time we meet, let it be in peace and friendship. This is as far as you're going to get tonight. Such valuable stuff. All in a nice work. Sweet dreams, little friends. Look out! Oh, oh, he's escaping! I fear we have not seen the last of him. And we're not done just yet, listeners. So, in a very brief post-credit scene, Thanos dons a gauntlet and vows to retrieve the Infinity Stones himself. Colin, what did we think of this? I mean, it was okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, I still haven't seen enough of Thanos to really understand what he is and Mm -hmm. his powers. I I gather that he's obviously incredibly powerful, Mm. um, but he just looks a bit funny to me. So I... He's got a bit of a stupid face. Yeah, he does. Um, I will say that Marvel have kind of gone on record and did go on record a couple of years after this in saying, can you ignore that post credit scene, please? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I was sort of expecting him to be the next big deal in the next Avengers then. Uh, Is that not? We'll see. No? Um, but Rob, we'll it's, a, it's an odd one, isn't it? Yeah, I like that he's, he sort of walks out and says, fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. So I thought we could discuss amongst ourselves what he'll do to himself. Oh, no. Um, I've got anything for love. What else could he be doing? I have no idea. No, I don't know. This is a fun game. <laughs> we love fun you've games. Sprung it, you've sprung we it on me. Lists. Yeah. Off, we've just been talking for like an hour and a half as well, if not longer. <laughs> a lot longer. 
Well, we'll put it out to Alice. Yes. What, what else could he do? On the socials. Yep. What could Thanos do himself? Mm. Not touch his toes, according oh, to my brilliant. wife. Yeah, he's a big he's dude. A big guy. Fantastic. What a lovely way to end the podcast. So, uh, again, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, but, um, this, uh, uh, what? Sorry, what did you guys think, though, at that point? Because, obviously, you didn't know at that point that it wasn't... It was sort of not... Well, eventually, <sighs> you're told not to worry about it. But at the time, were you guys like, mm. oh, okay. Well, a part of me was like, okay, cool. Uh, Thanos is on his way. Because mm. in he does get uh, his own... He was in the comic books and had his own uh, comic book run called the Infinity Gauntlet, where okay. he does hunt down all of the Infinity Stones. And let's just say, not all the heroes make it out alive. Um, right. He fucks some people up. Uh, so yeah. I was very, very excited to see him join. Um, I just thought it was a bit weird. It, you could tell maybe it was all <clears throat> CGI, this really weird white, white background, and then fine, I'll do it myself. It, it felt like a bit of an afterthought to me. Yeah, I saw, obviously, when we saw this at the cinema... This was halfway through the credits, and after that happened, a member of the IMAX staff just walked out and bellowed to the whole crowd, saying, there's no more! Oh, really? <laughs> That's it! <laughs> so, yeah, I was mm. underwhelmed. Yeah, it's an odd one. He just looks a bit silly as well. Uh, the CGI is not great. Okay. Yeah, mm. he's a very weird mm. shade of purple as well. Um, I mean, for a villain, he looks comical to me at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I mm. will fully agree with you. Thanos... It does not look so uh, very exciting so far. Okay. So, yes, again, thank you so much for listening, everyone. That was a lot of fun. It's good to be back. And stay safe, stay well, stay nerdy. <laughs>